Hi, I'm Clark Dunn, your host of the Beyond Rockets podcast. Huntsville, Alabama is primarily known for being the Rocket City because of its close association with the U.S. space mission. But Huntsville is so much more than that. Huntsville is home to many high-tech companies, entrepreneurs involved in interesting startups, talented creatives, and much, much more. My goal is to introduce you to some of these individuals that are taking Huntsville beyond the rocket. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Rockets. In this episode, I sit down to talk with Bryce Johnston, owner of Squatch Co., a local company focusing on offering simple solutions for an outdoor lifestyle. This episode is sponsored by Offbeat Coffee Studio. Offbeat Coffee Studio is a local coffee shop located at Campos 805 in Huntsville, Alabama that specializes in offering unique craft coffee. I love Offbeat because of its inviting atmosphere. If you're new to coffee or coffee enthusiasts, there's something for you. The baristas allow you to ask questions or recommendations, and while you wait for your cup of coffee, you can check out their incredible selection of vinyl records. Go check out Offbeat Coffee Studio today. Thanks for having me. I'm Bryce Johnston. I'm part of Squatch Co. So what we have here is the Squatch Screen. That's our flagship product, and what this is is a um, mobile privacy screen that attaches to your vehicle via magnets. Um, the makeup is a ripstop nylon, so it compresses down, think like Eno hammock, and comes with its own stuff sack. Um, in each four corners, we've got neodymium magnets, which is a really small but super strong magnet and attaches to your vehicle. Uh, works on two doors, four doors, really whatever you have. Uh, as long as it's a ferrous metal, it'll slap on there and give you a little bit of extra privacy. Um, at the trailhead, at the ball field, wherever you may be. What we're doing is just trying to find, like you said, simple solutions to help folks uh, have a little bit better time getting outdoors. Um, and uh, it's been fun. Are you originally from Huntsville or did work or family bring you here? Yeah, so uh, like most folks, work brought me to Huntsville. Um, and uh, so I grew up in North Georgia and uh, in Dalton. And me and my wife both moved from there to Huntsville. And in 2013, I work in commercial construction uh, material sales and was working for a company in Chattanooga before that and then had the opportunity to move here. And so we took the plunge and have uh, cities certainly grown, over, grown on us over the last seven years. So, How did you acquire the skills you have to do what you do today for Squatch Co.? Wow. Um, so I started playing in bands and, and uh, when I was 15 and, you know, obviously being a 15 year old, you have zero money and uh, we wanted merch and we wanted cool designs on things. And I started diving into Photoshop and stuff as a kid and that eventually grew into like Illustrator and things like that. And so I've kind of always had a little bit of design work on the side. Um, like at Blevins Bicycle Company here in town, I do a lot of their uh, like custom water bottles they do and like their jerseys and stuff. And uh, and so I just kind of use that to uh, help design the logo. Um, and then drew a lot of inspiration from from friends that that started small companies. And uh, that's kind of really what sparked the interest to get this thing going. Besides your uh, experience in just kind of Photoshop and creating things, I know the product itself was kind of born out of the interest of a problem that you were having on your going to races for biking. And so tell me a little bit about the problems you were having and how the product that you came up with is kind of solving those solutions. Yeah, so um, I'm big into cycling. Um, 
bought my first legit bike right when I moved to town seven years ago, and I've just been eat up with it ever since. And as with many things, there's different disciplines. And uh, one discipline is called cyclocross. And, you know, you're usually out in like a big field or something like that. And uh, it's a small course. So you've got tons of people around you. Um, cars are all parked all over the place. And, you know, we're having to change in and out of our, our riding kits back into our clothes, vice versa. And so, you know, there was a couple of years there where, you know, you got your buddy, your wife or girlfriend holding the towel for you uh, while you're out changing clothes. And, and I got to thinking, I was like, man, there is a better way. There's a, a much better way to do this. And uh, so I just kind of went to the drawing board and started kind of looking at other ideas of things and trying to draw on some inspiration and, and kind of went from there. And really, so what it is, since uh, this is a podcast, and we don't have visuals is, is uh, basically it's a changing blind and it works with uh, uh, neodymium magnets, which are really small, but really strong. And so they snap onto the body of your car and um, it's five foot by four foot. And it just gives you a little bit of extra privacy. Uh, say if you're leaving work and you're heading up to Montesano, you pull up to the land trust parking lot and there's typically 20 cars there. Um, just gives you a little bit of extra security and a little extra privacy getting out of those work clothes, getting in your ride and running clothes, hiking clothes, whatever it may be. Um, and so it really just stemmed from cycling just because that's what I'm into. Uh, but the cool thing is, since, you know, we really officially launched the company in June is, is just finding out all the different areas that, that this could work for. I mean, you know, we've, we've sold a bunch of surfers and kayakers and, you know, uh, stand up paddle boarders, uh, soccer moms. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's like there's so many instances that, you know, you're going to be somewhere and uh, there's going to be other cars around or in a crowd or something like that to where, you know, you got to get, you know, say Johnny into his T-ball gear and uh and you, you're in a parking lot full of folks and it just gives you again just a little extra privacy and uh, security getting in and out of those clothes there so from starting the company officially about a, in june uh how long did it take you prior to that to kind of get everything set up and the ideas and everything yeah so it, it took quite a while and and this has kind of been a learning experience for me and you know so just kind of been learning as i go and this is also like a little side hustle for me um i've got uh what i call my real job and uh and so just taking time uh taking some free time and uh, uh doing a lot of research and things like that just to to kind of uh figure out what all I needed to do. When you first started having these ideas to kind of start this company, what would you tell somebody if they were asking you, so what are you up to? Would you have told them you're creating this outdoor product or like, what would you have told somebody if they were to ask? During the process of creating this? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess back to the question before that too, and then uh, moving on to that one is, I mean, it took about two years um, and that's because I was just doing it in my free time and and learning as I go. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I probably still don't actually, I know I don't, but uh, you know, and it's just kind of a, a, a lot of failures, you know, just kind of reaching out to folks, asking a lot of questions, you know, hey, where did you do this? But um, I think with, any amount of success, you got to surround yourself with successful people and people that kind of bring you up and encourage you. And I was super fortunate starting out, uh, again, drawing a lot of inspiration from folks that kind of had startups on their own and uh, were already kind of embedded with production overseas and things like that. Um, hand up gloves out of Chattanooga, Tennessee or, or close buddies of mine. And um, they make uh, like cycling gloves, crazy designs and stuff, super cool. Um, but really close with those guys and they kind of took me under their wing and, and kind of helped me with the ins and outs. And then there's another gentleman here actually in town, uh, Ben Clark. Um, he created this coffee mug called the Coffee Break and uh, he's got a history in the cycling world as well. And it's like an old school brake lever, like welded onto like a Yeti 
like coffee mug. And, uh, and so just drawing as much info, just like a sponge, just, you know, pulling as much info as I can from these folks. And, um, and really just putting myself out there and, and asking questions and not being afraid to get told no and, and things like that. So all in all, you know, probably took about two years through various prototypes. Like we started doing prototypes here in the U S just to try to get the idea out there. Um, and, um, and then finally went overseas and that was, you know, probably a year process there, you know, starting, um, with sending them our, our domestic prototype we made, getting them on board, you know, with a language barrier and things like that as to kind of what we were doing, because, you know, there's not really anything out there. So, you know, you send this over there with an explanation. They're like, you know, why are you doing this? And, <laughs> and so, uh, that was a, another hurdle to, to jump, but, uh, you just kind of trudge through it all and just stay positive. And again, you, you know, surround yourself with those good folks that kind of keep your head up and, uh, keep you on the right path. So. I know like with a lot of things I've heard is like when you're sending products overseas to kind of get design with your own design, it's sometimes difficult, like you said, to kind of get what you're envisioning into what they can create. Yeah. How many times did you have to like send prototypes and kind of change things or did it kind of happen pretty quickly once you figured it out? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the biggest amount of time was spent just in transit, you know, um, as far as, uh, getting pro, you know, them actually producing the prototype doesn't take that much time. Um, you know, overall but uh it's just working through the minute details um so we probably went through uh once we sent the domestic prototype overseas we probably went through four to really kind of drill it down uh to what we have now as the final product um you know just little things details things like that uh just kind of whittle away to to make it the the best possible product you can when it goes to launch so so you said that this Squatch Co. is kind of your side hustle. Um, is there ever a goal to kind of make it your full time where like this is your job and this is your career or is it ever or was the thought to never make it kind of a full time job? Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, it would I would love to see this grow. I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, your kid, I guess, um, you know, you've, you've kind of sit here and you've, you've molded this thing together and you finally see it come to production and you kind of start to see some reactions and that gets you really fired up. And I think, you know, really with any startup uh, that, you know, I think it'd be great to be your own boss. Um, I would love to have that. I'd love to have some employees, you know, know that um, I'm taking care of other folks and things like that financially. But uh, yeah, for now it's great. You know, uh, in my real job per se is in commercial construction. And I'm sure as you drive around Huntsville, you just see stuff going up left and right. And so, um, we're super, super busy with that right now. And, uh, that's taking up more time than it ever has. So uh, I think where Squatch Co is right now is that it's perfect form and, uh, who knows what happens, you know, four or five years from now. But, uh, to be honest, uh, yeah, I'd love to have this thing be the full-time gig. I'd just, uh, be great. I know often it's like being your own boss, even when this is your side hustle, you have to make tough decisions. How do you ensure you make the best possible outcome for those decisions? Yeah. So, um, like I said, it, Squatch Co is me. And then I've got a business partner, Greg Curl, and, uh, he's owned his own business for a long time. And so he's, he's learned a ton, you know, he's, he's been through it. He's seen the, the, the good and bad sides of, uh, of, of running a business. So thankfully I've got, you know, kind of that crutch to lean back on and, um, you know, he's, he's creative as well. And, and, you know, we're kind of on the same page with a lot of things. So, you know, it's, it's awesome to have that resource there and, and have him as a partner. And that's helped me tremendously. Um, because, um, when it comes to the actual business side, I, I have no, no clue, you know, and he's really, you know, taking that on and, 
and uh, with all the experience that he's gained over the years and it's allowed it's really freed me up to kind of focus on um, really what I like to do and it's you know kind of coming up with different designs and, and things like that and different products and as we start to roll out more um, uh, it'll be fun to do that so how much of your success thus far would you contribute to being in the right place at the right time and how much would you contribute to your hard work oh wow um you know there's a saying about luck where you know there's no such thing it's just uh hard work and opportunity meeting at a crossroads and i think that i'm a firm believer in that um i think if you put in the time uh, that the opportunity is going to rise and when it does you'll be ready and um and so yeah i mean i did i put in a lot of time and uh and and to bring this thing to market but you know the opportunity came up just with some various things and, and you know having some connections like again the guys at hand up gloves really helped me get the word out when it first got when we first launched and and uh, you know like they say life is 98 percent of who you know and uh, i've certainly used that uh, <laughs> with any amount of success we've seen at squatch co so with the production of the product being done overseas, was there ever the thought of having the product uh, made in the U.S.? Absolutely. Um, that was high on my list when I first got started in this thing. I wanted that made in the USA tag on the screen so badly that I, I couldn't see straight. And, uh, and I was so uh, just elated to find this lady in Colorado who actually she um, at the time her business was solely based on sewing. Uh, stuff for sprinter vans that was it um she worked with i think it's like colorado customs or something like that and got hooked up with her and um and i was i was i was pumped because like you know here it is she's able to do you know she's able to produce the amount that i need her to and uh the further i dug into it um as far as cost materials um and just the fact of putting that tag on there it would just it just stacked up so high that it just didn't make sense, you know? And, and so for it to be, to have that made in USA tag, it has to be all or virtually all domestic. And when it comes to textiles, that's just one thing that the folks overseas just got us whooped on, unfortunately. And that's just all there is to it. That's why your Patagonia is that way, you know, your uh, Arcteryx, all that stuff's made overseas was mainly because the fabric technology is so far advanced. I mean, we're anywhere from, you know, five to eight years behind as far as producing the same type of fabric. And for what this is, it, the screen packs up to be about the size of a 16 ounce can. And so the, the material needed to be, uh, as they say in the textile world, have great hand. So very soft and malleable. And a lot of the rip stops that are domestic are still very rigid and plastic. And so it just didn't make sense. So so that was the biggest thing um, was the fabric. And then when you go to the cost side, you know, I, although this is this is my baby, like this is not a hundred dollar product. It's a forty dollar product is what we sell it for. And um, unfortunately, you know, we just couldn't find anywhere a that could to could have the fabric anywhere close to what we wanted it to be and then secondly the cost you know i just i couldn't expect anyone to pay a hundred dollars for this because it's super simple i mean it does the job very well but again i mean if i wanted to be honest with myself it's not a hundred dollar deal and if 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 i'm not paying a hundred dollars for something i created i can't expect you know a customer to to fork out a bill over it so um those are really the big big factors in finally making the decision to go overseas and um and so yeah Besides the getting the product to be made, having to make the product overseas, was there any other tough decisions like that as far as kind of figuring out if you want to get it into stores or any other locations to kind of get the product known more? Or has the thought kind of been to do it in-house to begin with? Yeah. So, again, this is being uh, the side gig. I, it, it puts me in a, a really a, a 
gives me an advantage when it comes to stuff like that because uh, I'm not having to rely on this to, to pay all my bills and support my family. So, uh, you know, from the beginning, I wanted this to be just a um, internet only kind of user direct type model, um, just because it made the most sense. And I, I, I just feel like that's just how, um, uh, you know, the market's moving overall uh, with anything. And so um, from the get go, I knew it was going to be kind of an internet based company. Um, and as we grew, you know, the five-year plan would be, you know, to eventually bump production up enough to where we could get our costs down low enough to pursue uh, pursue brick and mortar. And so, I mean, that's definitely on the books. Um, but you know, as as we sell more, you know, and as we our buying power increases, our our costs are going to go down. That's going to allow us to to pursue uh, a brick and mortar that to where you know we can make a little bit of money, they can make a little bit of money, and uh, it just makes more sense for everybody. So you know, within that you know first five years, uh, I, you know, the plan was always to, to keep it online. And then maybe, you know, hit up a few local places here in town um, on down the road. But uh, it's going to take us, uh, you know, increasing our buying power and, and driving that cost down just a little bit more to make it make sense for everybody involved. What advice would you give someone who's looking at starting their own business? Patience. Yeah, I mean, just uh, just be patient with uh, with everything, especially yourself. Um, be realistic, set some realistic goals, uh, but set some that are kind of far fetched and just see what happens. But and just be malleable, you know, be able to go with the flow. Things change. They don't go your way. You know, um, I know we're, you know, going through prototypes and things like that. And I would just get so frustrated because we waited, you know, uh, eight weeks to get the the second generation out and it's just it's not you know where we want it to be and so i think uh patience is the biggest thing and uh again man just try to surround yourself with uh you know good positive folks i think that goes a long way you know whether it's at your house or your buddies or business partners or whatever i think the biggest thing you can do is is surround yourself with folks that that you know they're going to be encouraging and uplifting and and just be behind you but you know you got to be self-motivated as well and uh i guess the uh, last thing would just be uh just time you know make sure you set a set aside time to 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 work on it you know with this being a, a little side gig you know especially in the beginning when we're going through uh, prototypes and logos and websites and things like that you know i just had to be pretty disciplined as you know here's my real job you know i'd still got to get a bike ride in here and there <laughs> and then you know set aside that time at the end of the night say hey look i'm gonna give this an hour and a half i'm gonna give this two hours and just doing that you know um just goes a long way. How can people connect with you and support you in what you're doing? So, um, Instagram is probably the best way. We are at Squatchco, S-Q-U-A-T-C-H-C-O. Um, that's really the best way. And um, we've also got a website. You can reach out via email through the website there. Uh, the website is www.squatchco.com. Um, but again, Instagram is really the best way to get a hold of us. And, uh, and that's usually what we're most active on, most responsive on. Looking forward to the next couple of years of Squatch Co., is there any sort of products or any sort of designs that you have in the works that you're looking at kind of uh, bringing to show and having it as more options on the website? Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, I've, you, there's not a day that goes by that you're not going to see me in a hat. And, and and so, I mean, we've got just little things like that we want to put up, um, T-shirts, merch, things like that. But aside from that, the actual products, um, you know, we've got a lot of folks that are, you know, living the van life. And I know there's a need out there for an extra large um, that would cover kind of the, that sliding door. Or if you've got like the, the double doors that open up um, and that would require, you know, obviously – 
um, a bigger screen, a heavier duty, uh, heavier duty magnet, um, things like that. So the, an XL Squatch uh, screen <laughs> is definitely on the books. Um, and then just other stuff that kind of coincide with this. I mean, we're we're prototyping a foot pad right now. Um, so you know, say you pull up uh, to a trail trailhead, and you know. Most of the time, it's a gravel lot, dirt lot, whatever. Um, and so it's just a waterproof pad. Packs up small, unfold it, sit it down. It's got foam in it to cushion you if you're on gravel or whatnot or hot asphalt, whatever it may be. And again, it's waterproof. So if it's, uh, you know, say it's, uh, you just run uh, Mountain Mist 50K, you're guaranteed to be, you know, in a muddy situation in that thing. So you throw that down in the water, you'd be good to go. Um, things like that. So yeah, the foot pad um, and the XL are definitely on the books. So probably the, the next products we're gonna try to, try to launch. So. Well, thank you again for sitting down and talk with me. I've enjoyed learning more about Squatch Co. And I continue to look forward to the impact it will have in the community in the years to come. And don't forget to check them out on Instagram or visit the website. Great, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Rockets. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date on the new episodes and the events that are going on in Huntsville. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed.